0: The following is a presentation of the Eastern Michigan Sports Network. Hands the feet. He's to the ten. The five touchdown. Oh! Oh! tackle
1: Evans up the middle to the five into the end zone touchdown
0: eastern michigan straight from the 734 it's the blue cross blue shield eastern insider podcast presented by the foaling warehouse your weekly chance to get in on the action now let's send it to the guys on the inside of it all
2: greg steiner and tom helmer it might be spring break on the Eastern Michigan campus, but we come at you nonetheless, and it's a good time for a warm-up, Tom. We saw plenty of activity for Eastern Michigan, but it's spring break. How would you
1: celebrate spring break if you well, were doing it now? If I were in college? Yeah. You know, I never did the Florida thing. I never, Of course, I went to college on the West Coast. Sometimes it would just be coming home to visit how would I do it now um I'd probably go to down to Florida somewhere warm where the party is right exactly well you're the life of the town so
2: anyways you you are kind of like
1: just carry the party with you I yeah I'm, I'm I'm a I'm a portable party like wherever I am that's where the action is but in high school the like when everybody went to Florida like senior year me and like five buddies like let's go to Vale Colorado and we're like that was a poor decision. So One of my buddy's sisters was a travel agent in Denver. She got us discount like a condo we could be in and ski passes and all that stuff. So we flew to Denver. We watched the uh, Keith Smart hit the shot for Indiana in the championship game. And then we took a bus up to Vail and skied and hung out for a few days and then Everybody was saying, you know, I had pictures when we got back to school of Florida and sunshine and bathing suits. We're like, oh, yeah, no, we were freezing on a mountain. That's when I accidentally skied out of bounds and I skied out of Vail. Oh, I took I ended up on a black double diamond. I'd never skied before. So Vail was a great place to learn. (laughs) Don't go big or go home. And I was, another buddy was with me and he, we got to the steep incline and he went down a little bit and he stopped and he looked up, he goes, now you go. And I turned right and I turned left and I already had so much speed. I was afraid to turn or fall. I went right over the edge, like through some trees, but I went a ways and I ended up like at a resort far away from where I started. And I had kind of fallen at the end and I had a little cut over my eye. So I ended up gathering up my skis and my poles and I hiked to a bus stop, and then I got on a bus, which was going the wrong way. It was going further away from Vale. so I got off that bus, transferred to another bus. Meanwhile, my friends, no one saw me go over the edge, and no one knew where I was. Well, this and, is the days before iPhones and MapQuest. No, and all no that cell stuff. phones, no nothing. No one knew where I was. As far as I know, I just disappeared from the mountain, and then... They were kind of gathered at the, the bottom of the ski thing near a bus stop. And they're like, boy, I'd feel better if I just saw Tom come around the corner. And here I came with my skis, a, a cut over my eye. And they're like, you like, yeah, let's party. So, yeah, that's that was my skiing experience in Vale in high school.
2: Yeah, I stay off skis. so there, Nothing good comes out of that.
1: No, there's it's falling down and, and, and it's cold.
2: Yeah, my one spring break trip, uh, I went to Florida for spring training with my dad. So that was a great time. We we took in a bunch of uh, spring training games, went to Tampa, went to Sarasota. That was before the Reds moved uh, out west. So we had, I think we came home with like 15, 18 baseballs from that trip. Cause wow. That was back in the day where you just they kind of, you could walk up just like, here, here's a ball. We found plenty by the fence. I think we now actually the- left some because it was like, we don't need to bring all these baseballs home. So I think. Uh, there were still some that got left at the hotel because it's like, I, I'm never going to use all these.
1: That was back in the day before the players wore see-through pants and had yeah. tiny names on their jerseys. And They are bad-looking uniforms. That has to be changed. Well, I, there's no choice. I mean, Nike and Fanatics, there's been a mistake made with materials or something, but, it's, but I've been watching some of the spring training games. I don't feel like I can see through the... Not that I'm trying to look through guys' pants, but it doesn't look see-through in the spring training games I'm watching. Are they That's still a podcast see? drop right there? Todd, to, Tom's way, trying
2: to <laughs> look through somebody's pants.
1: Yeah, I've been trying to look through guys' pants, and I'm struggling with it. At least the TV <laughs> I was looking at over the weekend. Um, but yeah, the uniform is—it's a problem for they sure. They need
2: to get Lululemon involved. You'd be all about that.
1: No, well, as long as you can't see through it. Yes, I, I right. like stretching my pants.
2: Stretching your pants. Speaking of uh, stretching it, how about our good friend of this podcast that you spoke with just two weeks ago? Paige Marchant coming out and becoming just the second woman ever in Mid-American Conference history to win the 800,
1: the mile and the 3000 in the same meet. She's an unbelievable athlete. And she just became the first Eastern Michigan woman to run the mile as fast as she, she busted like a 428 a couple of weeks ago, too. She is an unbelievable athlete. Go back and listen to that podcast if you haven't before, but she is one that is, she's young too. Like she's got a huge college career in front of her and she's absolutely dominating right now. Freshman of the year and also the
2: max MVP for the indoor championship at Bowen over the weekend. Eastern Michigan women collect their ninth team title, uh, but Paige was kind of the story of that. I asked her uh, after the meet I said, "Are you tired?" She's like, "Yeah, I'm I'm a little tired." She's like, "I was just going out there for the for a fun run though on that 3000." Like, uh, "What? You're just going out for a fun run?
1: There's not there's nothing fun about 3000. That's that's a that's a jaunt for sure, but listen, she's a, she's a star athlete. They're, Eastern Michigan's blessed to have her and uh keep it up, Paige, cuz you are absolutely killing it.
2: She will find out if she's going to head to the NCAA indoors later this week, so we'll keep an eye on that. Uh, We also are rapidly winding down basketball season, the final two men's games of the home campaign coming up this week. Western Michigan on Tuesday, and then this weekend they will host Senior Day on Saturday. The women are home on Wednesday before their at Ball State over the weekend. So uh, two teams that are really up against it in terms of the MAC tournament race, but the men's kept their season and hope still alive with a big game on Saturday that you were able to
1: call. Great win at Ball State. Billingsley just continues to play better and better basketball. It's funny because I keep waiting for this team to kind of tap out. Like, listen, we're kind of out of it. It's an uphill climb. I don't think we can get into the top eight. I said a practice Friday. Like they were as crisp and alert and working hard in practice and communicating and everybody seemed in good spirits. And I thought, well, good, good for EMU. And then they go out and get a win in a place. They haven't won uh, in regulation since 2015 in a, in a great game the whole way. No one led that game by more than six at any point in that game. It was a tremendous battle. And that's what Tyson Acuff has needed is someone else to come up. Huge Billingsley did that for him. Once again, they they did a decent job of keeping uh, Bashir Jihad in check, but still he had a double-double in the first half. He had uh, like 11 or 12 points and 10 rebounds in that first half. But they just they did what they needed to do to win on the road. Now you come home, you play Western Michigan, chance at redemption there. You got senior day on Saturday. You really need, maybe you could lose one down the stretch here, but I think you got to win all four if you're going to get yourself into that eight spot and get yourself to Cleveland. But they're playing really good basketball.
2: They are. That's the big thing. They have to find a way to keep this success going. Tyson Acuff, just three points away from becoming the newest member of the 1,000-point club. Of course, he already has it for his career, but in his EMU history, he's just three points away. I would say he'll get that uh, within the first uh, 90 seconds of Tuesday's game. Wouldn't you say?
1: I would say so. You know what? He's funny because sometimes he starts games – 0 for 6, and then finds his rhythm. Other times he comes out, scores the first 7 or 10 points by himself. He'll get it. Uh, We'll just see which way he starts against Western Michigan. But I'm I'm looking forward to seeing him hit that mark and, and seeing if this team can string another W together. You mentioned the women's side. They took another big loss on Saturday. I mean, it doesn't feel like they have any shot to get there. And they got a tough road on the way out, but uh, they they continue to fight, and it'll just be interesting to see what they do down the stretch.
2: Wednesday's game is play for K, so it will be a day to come out, wear your pink in case in in support of breast cancer research. As the K Yao Foundation will be at full attention on that game, so that will come up on Wednesday. EMU baseball on the road this week. They went one and two, suffered a hard lock loss setback. Uh, yesterday Nick Chittum goes a complete game gives up just four hits but all the runs he gives up are unearned as he suffers the loss Eastern loses 3-1 first time an EMU pitcher has gone a complete game eight inning or more contest since going back to 2021 that's a stretch of 142 games you're only in week two and he's out there throwing a complete game
1: yeah he got stretched out early which is not Not easy to do. Sometimes you got to go through that first month to really get stretched out and pitch those kind of innings. But you and I have talked about the pitching for EMU baseball, and it seems like it's actually going to be a a, a strong point for them this season. You never know how the pitching is going to play out, but I think they're off to a decent start pitching-wise.
2: Yeah, so far, I mean, you look at the ERA, it's probably a little elevated, but when isn't it at at points in, in college baseball, just the way scoring is up overall, uh, Logan Hugo, who uh, is so far riding a six-game hitting streak. He's only been uh, held off the base pass that opening game, but otherwise he's on fire. Eastern Michigan overall, the offense was was good, except for the Sunday finale, and you have to attribute that probably to some cooler weather. Uh, they make the trip to Houston this weekend. They'll take on Houston Christian down there before they'll get uh, the boys from Vanderbilt coming up in a midweek game next week. We'll talk more about that, so it should be... a a unique one. So plenty of activity. The story and focus of our show today will be rowing as we sat down with both head coach Kemp Savage as well as senior Reagan Fizikas. Uh, You got to talk to Reagan who is coming back from injury but the most important thing you get to find out is just again, this is a kid that's turned into a star on the rowing side but as with many on that in that sport, she didn't start out even knowing what was going
1: into being a boat. No, just, just a great athlete and, uh, ends up rowing in college and is doing a phenomenal job for Eastern Michigan. But it's just, I always laugh when there's, there's athletes you see at the D one level that, you know, did a different sport or did something. Then they come out and, and are a great D one athlete, in another sport, I, it took every ounce of energy I had to be a marginal D three (laughs) athlete. And these people are just rolling off the street and like, well, I was phenomenal. A couple others. Let me try this a little rowing. Um, and I also try and talk her into seeing the movie with Rob Lowe. uh, yeah. Oxford blues, I believe is the name of the rowing movie. Um, but she mentioned another one that's more current. Yeah. Boys Uh, in the boat is the one she recommends. Right. So I do need to see that. And, uh, she did teach you a lesson and a new word, though. Erg, erg. Yeah, I have one, and I didn't know it. Yeah, I could say I walked in your
2: basement the other day and said, "Oh, there's your erg machine," and you're you kind of just kind of gave me that
1: stare, like, "Yeah, I know." I have a rowing machine, but I don't know what an erg is. Yeah, apparently I have an erg, but yeah, it's. Uh, I, I guess I, I'm. I I could be a rower. I, could I couldn't be, be a rower. <laughs> it takes tremendous endurance and. But I learned even stuff, I asked her questions too, about steering the boat. I didn't know any of that. Like rowing, you just see it from kind of a distance or on TV. There's a lot I don't know about the sport. And that's why I like these type of interviews, because I feel like the listeners, I'm trying to find out as much information as I can too, especially with these type of sports that don't get a lot of publicity, but there is a lot of fascinating aspects to it.
2: And I learned something, too. I didn't realize when you asked her about it. uh, She compares kind of their fall season to more like cross country and then their spring season to more like track where it's a sprint. So I think that was uh, something you'll find interesting coming up in the interview. And then uh, we talked with head coach Kemp Savage of rowing as they get ready. They're headed down to Alabama for their training trip and then we'll take on the Crimson Tide in their usual spring, but we talked to him about giving back to the community and just the growth of this program, his ease in his 10th year, and really uh, they have their hearts and minds set on winning the CAA this year and, and certainly a good opportunity to that as Eastern, uh, of course, made news uh, a few weeks back and is going to to install a permanent rowing course on Ford Lake and get that all set, so the growth of that sport is st- still coming up, so we talked plenty with him coming up in the show about that. It's a great sport that, again, uh, you you, you didn't realize until Kemp says it, but it used to be one of the most watched sports in America until uh, we find out today very similar. Gambling and the mob got involved, and then things got shut down.
1: Yeah. Isn't that fascinating? And that's that's why I want to see that movie too. But I didn't realize that the, the, the wagering and stuff that was going on with rowing and how that changed the whole sport and, and how popular it was. Still popular in Boston when they have that event and it's like the Super Bowl of rowing and huge crowds and all that stuff. But that's that's the stuff I enjoy, the history of it and learning about those type of things. Maybe you and I should have a uh, maybe a YouTube channel called "We Tried It," and you and I maybe try rowing, try some of these sports we know nothing about, and see how we would fare.
2: Only if there could be a a, a great soundtrack under it. What was the what's the British comedy that that uh, the Benny soundtrack? Hill show? Yeah, that's it. <laughs> You're not giving us a lot of hope at being successful. Well, you're I mean, a finely tuned athlete. I, I'm a guy that just writes about it.
1: Yeah, I, I'm i I'm tuned, but I don't know about finely. But I, I I, could still use some help, but it would be fun to try.
2: Yeah, it would be fun to try. That might be something we can cook up this summer.
1: Yeah, we got Let's the time. Work on Let's work on that.
2: Uh, I think it's our time to get out of here. We let the people get to the interviews they want. You have basketball coverage this week uh, a couple times on the air at home and it should be a fun week for all of us as eastern tries to punch their ticket to cleveland
3: are you ready ready to find the right care that works for you care that connects you to what you need anytime anywhere and fits best with your lifestyle whether it's in person or in your pajamas online or over the phone blue cross blue shield of michigan connects you to the care you need when you need it most with the largest network of doctors and hospitals, an easy-to-use mobile app, and a 24-hour nurse line, because we're always ready to help. Learn more about Blue Cross Blue Shield of Michigan at bcbsm.com.
0: It's here, Bowling Warehouse, and sports will never be the same. Bowling combines the best of bowling and football, but you don't have to be good at either to have a great time at the Bowling Warehouse. Ipsy Ann Arbor's newest place to play is now open. 20 lanes, two bars, over 100 beers. The Folling Warehouse at the corner of Washtenaw Golf Gulfside in Ypsilanti, where everyone comes to play. There's only one place in the state of Michigan that takes you straight inside the locker room, and that's the Eastern Insider Podcast. Your chance to get in on the action, bringing you more coverage than any other program in the mitten.
1: Joining me now, Reagan Fazekas, a Michigan native, it's funny because as I look at what you did in high school, cross country, track and field, soccer, bowling, pulling people from burning buildings, I don't see <laughs> rowing. It. like, When did <laughs> rowing come into it for you?
3: Freshman year of college. Really? Yeah. Um, rowing actually recruits a lot of multi-sport athletes from high school that never rowed to try out the sport.
1: Did you have any intention when you came to Eastern Michigan to row?
3: Yes. So I was actually recruited okay. as a non-rower. To come into college. So, coming into Eastern, my first day of school, I already knew I was going to
1: row. How did that conversation go? Like, how, who, when did you get the call or someone show up or did Coach show up and say, Listen, you're a great athlete. Let me pitch something to you.
3: <laughs> yeah, it happened pretty late. So, my senior year was COVID year and I didn't really know where I was going to go to college yet. I had a few options and Eastern was one of them. And someone from my high school actually rode here at Eastern multiple years back. And I was like, You know, I did so many sports in high school. I was like, You know, why not try, give it a try so I actually reached out to Kemp myself and I was like hey like I have a former uh, high school teammate that rode with you and I'd like to give it a shot so set up a zoom call and next thing you know I'm on like four different calls with them. And
1: All right, it's one thing to make the phone calls and then they put you in a boat? Mm-hmm. And how did that go first time?
3: Um. Well, they don't just put you in a boat. We had to go <laughs> They through. should. Let's yeah. find out first
1: <laughs> if you have any ability to row this thing.
3: Yeah, the first couple of weeks were more like conditioning to see how fit we were and to make sure that rowing is very endurance based. So you have to be in pretty good shape to row. So they gave us the basics. We learned how to erg first on our stationary
1: er- erg. Erg? <laughs> yeah. I don't know what erging is.
3: It's our stationary like indoor rowing machine. Okay. So they gave us the basics and the movements that we do in the boat. We learned how to do that on land before they just threw us in the
1: water. Is ERG what it's called? Like just learning when you're on like a rowing machine, is it, am I erging when I'm doing that? Mm -hmm. Oh, so if I go to the gym, I'm on the rowing machine, I've erged. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of technique to it. It's It's almost like a golf swing. Like some people think you just pull as hard as you can, especially if you're on a machine. Mm -hmm. There's a lot more to it, isn't there?
3: Oh yeah. It's so funny going to the gym and watching people that obviously don't know what they're doing on or like you just shake your head and walk away. It's like, should I go help them? Yes. <laughs> it, it yeah.
1: What do people not know about that? Because at first, there's a lot more legs than you think, right? Yeah. So really you're grabbing on explosion with the legs and then you pull the arms kind of last, right? Would that be the proper technique?
3: Yeah, people definitely try to overcompensate with their arms and it's like, you're not doing it right, please stop. Or there's just the different motions and people open up their body and that's how people hurt their backs or their shoulders. So there's a lot of complex movements.
1: So it's one thing to come to campus think you want to be on the rowing team get on an erg it's a different when you start doing the training you get in the boat did you know your freshman year like yes i've made a great decision here
3: yeah like the friendships and everything my recruiting class was pretty big there was a lot of us my freshman year i'm still really close with my teammates and people that have graduated so it's definitely it's like family and like i like to be challenged like obviously the sports like cross country and track isn't not the easiest sports it's a lot of putting in the work outside of practice and stuff like that and that's definitely how rowing is you have to it's very mentally challenging and was not up for a good challenge. So
1: The difference between rowing, track and field, cross country is more individual. You're on a team, mm-hmm. but you're kind of competing at your own pace or doing the best you can. Mm-hmm. You're rowing eights. Mm -hmm. That's a whole different animal, right? You guys got to be in complete sync, don't you? Mm -hmm. How difficult is that?
3: Oh, it definitely is. Like the comparison from freshman year to now, like looking back, it's like, oh my gosh. Like we watched the novice rowers in a boat, like from our boat. And it's like, is that what we really look like? Like they're all over the place. They're not matching up. And I mean, we're still not perfect. There are strokes where we're off or someone's beating someone else into the water. And you just have to, those are the learning and the teaching moments where it's like, okay, we're in this together and we have to adapt.
1: Do you have a coxswain? Is that the right, is that the right term? Coxswain? Yeah. you like, row, row. Is that just someone like, I don't want to work out, I don't want to row, but I do want to yell at the eight people in the boat to be in sync. Is that their job? Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> Have you ever done time.
3: that? Um, not in a
1: boat. You have to be a certain. Where else could you do it? In a car?
3: Oh, in the ERG room.
1: Oh, in the ERG room. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. drive, drive. <laughs>
3: we have joked whenever they do stuff like and lift and stuff like that we'll be like we'll cox you through it we, we got you
1: i like that yeah. i like that do you enjoy eight
3: yeah a lot better than
1: force <laughs> much harder in force was it more work
3: um Yes and no. Like the there's more balance in an eight than there are in fours because obviously you have four other people. So like you're a little more tipsy in a four. Obviously like you have to work not like harder, but right. if you want to hit like the rate and stuff like that, it's a lot less people to go through. This
1: is going to seem like an odd question. Are are the races always straight or sometimes you can got to make some slight turns if you're going down a river or something like that? And how do you make that turn? It seems like with everybody in sync, I I notice not like if I'm watching the Olympics, there's no perceivable change in anything yet they can move the boat left or right
3: yeah so in the spring i like to compare it to like track and fields like it's our sprint season so those ones are straight like we're in a straight line we have lanes and there's buoys and if you go outside your lane then there can be deductions on your time in the fall i like to say it's like cross-country it's more long distance we'll row a 6k which is a little over three miles and that one is typically on a river where there's turns and curves or we go under bridges and that is pretty much the coxswain's job. They have ropes in the boat and they actually steer. Like there's a rudder okay. and a fin on the So
1: it's not like row. you're giving a little more on the right side Sometimes or anything. that does have to happen. Okay.
3: So in Boston, when we row at the head of the Charles, or on the Charles River in general, there's a bunch of um, bridges. And some of the bridges have really sharp turns. And you have to, like, you're going fast. And the coxswain doesn't have enough time with our speed to just use the steering. So, like, she'll be like, port side, like, really crank it. Like, give it to your starboard. And then... And Vice versa, it depends on which way the turn is.
1: We're talking with Regan Fizikas. I find all of this fascinating because I watch it, but you never understand, like I never knew someone could actually steer the boat. Mm -hmm. You talked about Head of the Charles in Boston. I do know this, rowing seems pretty big Mm -hmm. on the East Coast. Oh yeah. And you guys did well there. Mm -hmm. Talk about Head of the Charles.
3: It's a surreal experience. Like, obviously, I didn't row until college. So, like, seeing such an atmosphere like that where there's so many people there just for rowing. Like, the whole city of Boston, not, like, shuts down, but, like, traffic getting to the race course, getting to the river is chaotic. Like, typically, our coaches have to drop us off, and we'll meet them at the trailer because they have to go park the car a couple of miles down the road. And there's just so many rowers from all over the country, um, people outside of the country, and it's just an, of all ages. Like there's people in there, they have the master division where they're older that are rowing.
1: Were you blown okay. away the first time you went? Yeah. It was beautiful. It's like the Super Bowl of rowing. Yeah. And you guys will be going to Alabama in March. Talk you you talked about the spring season a little bit, the 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 sprint season if you will. Do you have to train differently for the spring than the events you run in the fall?
3: Currently we're just this morning we had a sprint workout and they're just different distances that we might pole in practice, I guess you could say. Okay. So like this morning we did repeat 500s. In the fall, we might do repeat thousands or repeat 2Ks. We still do those in the spring, but we focus more on the short sprints
1: more. If there's no ice, you're good to go. You're outside. Kind
3: of, yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> kind of. All bundled up out there in yeah, snowmobile suits.
3: Pretty much. The amount of socks I have to wear some days to keep my toes warm.
1: <laughs> now you've dealt with some injuries, mm-hmm. but you're, you're good now?
3: Yeah, I actually just got cleared last night. I had a doctor's appointment at 6.30 last night, and I got all cleared.
1: And what were you dealing with? So
3: these past two years, I've had a chronic injury. Uh, It's been different diagnoses with different labels, I guess you could call it. Um, It started with a forearm injury. My forearms were like swelling while we were rowing. So in rowing, you have to rotate your inside arm to our oars have to
1: move. Yeah.
3: And after races, my arms would just be so inflamed that I couldn't like flex or extend my wrist. And it was like, okay, kind of need my, my dominant hand to write and do stuff. So just going through different doctors, different tests and stuff like that. And then this past fall, I had, I said something in my doctor's appointment that my doctor was like, oh, we haven't explored this avenue. And we found out I had a form of thoracic outlet syndrome. So, like stemming from my shoulder down to my arm, my blood flow was restricted. So, uh, my muscles weren't getting the
1: blood they needed to, to work out. But you're good now. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. 100 ish percent, yeah. as much as an <laughs> I athlete like to can think be. That,
3: yeah, yeah. In
1: their senior season.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: You do a lot of community service too, don't you? Oh, yeah. Which your coach takes a lot of pride in, but he says the athletes run it and you're running the show, aren't you?
3: Yeah. For our team, I'm pretty much um organizing and making sure that everyone's at events and stuff like that and I'm also the community service uh chair on SAC which is a student athlete advisory committee so I kind of oversee
1: all of the student athletes what events do you guys like to do and why is that so important to you to be involved in that
3: yeah we've partnered kind of with girls on the run and we've done a bunch of events with them like helping prepare for their season we like to help other organizations that obviously are fitting with athletics and stuff like that so obviously encouraging young girls to get out there and work out is exciting um this past december we made like fleece tie blankets and we took them to a nursing home in the women's shelter and i don't know we just like I've gone reading to kids, just getting back into the community and doing stuff. I think February there's Girls in Athletics or Girls in Something Month.
1: (laughs) I think it's Girls in... It's my favorite month, Girls in Something Month.
3: But last year we had like most female sports come to this event and there was a bunch of little girls before the women's basketball game and we all showed them like how to do each of our sports. Like the volleyball was there, swim and dive was there. We were there, basketball was
1: there. So it was... Reagan, final question, favorite rowing movie?
3: Boys in the Boat.
1: Boys in the Boat. Yeah. I don't know what that's about. Is that like 1936? Is that the one? Is it out?
3: Yeah, it came out on Christmas. Okay. it's, It's still in the movie theater, and I think you can buy it on streaming now.
1: I would like you to watch Oxford Blues at some point with Rob Lowe. Okay. Not only is he dreamy, but it's just a fantastic <laughs> movie. So I think you it's the eighties, so it's okay. a little slower paced than movies today, but I think you'll enjoy it.
3: Okay. I'll try to convince Kemp to buy that
1: for us. <laughs> Reagan right. Fizikas, thank you so much. Yeah. Appreciate you. Thank
2: you. This episode of the Eastern Insider Podcast is brought to you by National Trails Bus. Safety, comfort, reliability. Come ride with us, as well as Trinity Health. Trinity Health is the preferred health care provider of EMU athletics. Get top-tiered orthopedic and spine care. To get you back in the game, as well as standard printing and design, the standard of excellence in design and print. For You're small listening business. to the Blue
0: Cross Blue Shield Eastern Insider Podcast, presented by the Folding Warehouse, the only show that brings you all things Eastern all the time. Now let's get back to the action with Greg Steiner and Tom Helmer.
2: Spring is inching ever closer, and it means a return to going back outside. We're joined by head rowing coach, Kemp Savage. Year 10 that you're in as the head coach, but even longer that you've been at Eastern Michigan. Uh, I know I ask you every year, but time seems to fly by, doesn't it?
4: Uh, yes. Uh, whenever I look back on this being my only adult job uh, <laughs> after college and master's degrees, and I realize I turned forty this year, that puts a lot of context on it, real quick. Yeah, we to so. say
2: when they were growing up, and they said at some point you have to grow up. Well, but you've kind of never grown up because you just stayed in college forever. That's kind of how I view it. Uh,
4: Yeah, it, it makes you feel like you might still be of college age, and then you have a mirror every day that reminds you that you're uh, maybe not anymore. Yeah. Uh, well, you've the hair, the beard. You know, it changes colors over time. That, right? Well, I mean, originally the beard got grown because I looked young and uh, people didn't think I was a head coach. And now I don't think that's a problem.
2: So as a head coach now in year 10, it's fully your program at this point. What are the things that you are most proud of
4: heading into this spring? I think it's looking at what, we're, what we've are what we built and what we're continuing to build. Not just the athletes, but also the longevity and future of the program. The the ERG room that's now a yeah fully designed, ready training space for our team. The Boathouse obviously has been, was built in my first year here. Uh, And then we're looking at some expansions to make the, actually the community some, have more access to rowing. So that's coming soon, I hope. But uh, looking to build something more than just Eastern Michigan and also give, leave a mark on rowing and Ypsilanti and all of those, us together. I
2: know we've talked offline about rowing and, its popularity. People don't realize that at one point rowing was kind of the most viewed sport of all time, even surpassing boxing. But uh, some things kind of changed and it fell out of favor. But at one point, rowing was the thing that everybody watched. It wasn't the NFL.
4: Uh, yeah, I, Dave drew crowds that a lot of the NFL kind of wishes they could. Uh... You know, you look back to some of the singles races in uh, New New York in the 20s and they had 200,000 people at a race, you know, picnic baskets lined up around, but watching three guys race over 2000 meters in singles and, you know, the boys in the boat just came out, which obviously and right. you, get, you get actually a pretty good feel for the size of the crowds there. Having trains run next to the races so you could watch the whole thing. I, It's just, it was very, very big. And then, you know, just like boxing, some underhanded things happened and, People stop trusting you, and then it falls out of favor for a while.
2: Yeah, I can say FanDuel, all that would thrive back in those days. Oh. they could have uh, could have been working
4: alongside. Yeah, the FBI would have thrived too. Yeah, exactly. Uh, knowing what I know about FanDuel's uh, other deal. <laughs> that's
2: for a, that's for a different podcast. Yeah, we won't get yeah. into
4: that here. Yeah, uh, you, you
2: look at as we turn this back to your team, a full year that you guys have had of a space of your own. Mm-hmm. As the renovations took the old football team room, you converted it. We saw that it gave this team a space in an area how have you seen the productivity and the camaraderie
4: grow i i think really the atmosphere is so much better Uh, i look back to my first couple years as the head coach and then my time as the assistant coach we have to run two separate practices for every indoor practice so you just had a big split in the team of basically on whose schedule they were on that kind of works if you have you know an offense or defense or you know different position players but with rowing it's so team-based that you kind of want to know where number one through number 60 feel like they're at and get a feel for each other and if you have a a weird draw and you have number the first four people on a team and then they're working out with the next you know there's a big gap between it can really kind of be isolating and feel more competitive than camaraderie and it's so important to like drive speed through each other rather than by yourself.
2: Here with head coach on the women's rolling side, Cap Savage, you look at it in your fall season, you're able to race against Michigan. You get Michigan State as well. You place 14th at the head of the Charles. Also test yourself in Madison against Wisconsin. What did all those things prove to you at this point of where your team's at, and then what
4: you had to improve on going into this off season? We had a really good feeling uh, based on our erg testing that we had a, one of the fastest teams we've had, um, particularly in the top end, the the 1v2v. We kind of underwrote ourselves, and that was I I think it was on me. Um, We've gotten really comfortable rowing on our home lake, which is a little bit colder, a little bit deeper. So it's a little bit slower, has no flow rate. Uh, And then we weren't able to shift up gears um, when we would go to the head of the Charles. Last time we raced there with the same speed, we finished fifth. So 14th was a little disappointing for us, but we came back and to be honest, we re-rigged, reset the entire boathouse, lightened everything up so that it feels more like other places on our home. So that when we go to those other places we can actually increase a little bit. It showed up really well uh, when we went to Wisconsin uh, against Wisconsin and Minnesota. I don't think that we can ever get fast by racing people who aren't faster than us. So it's great to see Michigan, Michigan State, Wisconsin, Minnesota, because they've always been faster than us as we try and close the gap and win CAAs. All of those boats will be fast enough to win CAAs. So. For us, it's really looking at how do we get to that speed, and since we can't go out to the East Coast all the time during the fall, we've got some really good talent around us to measure ourselves
2: against. I know we'll get into to regattas each time as we get closer, but as uh, you look at it, a couple home meets that you're going to have again this upcoming spring that people can set their calendars for, you get Dayton April 28th, that's a one that somebody can come out and look for.
4: What else do you really highlight in your uh, mode coming up this spring? Looking, you know, a lot of our athletes, because we pull from all over the country, on the East Coast, going out there a couple times, the uh, Connect Cup in New Jersey, and then the George Mason invite in Occoquan, Virginia, is a good chance for uh, any of our athletes families, as well as any of our alumni on the East Coast. we had a decent amount of alumni move out to the DC area, as well as the Philadelphia, New York area, and they come down for those races. So that's a really good chance for them to come out. Obviously, still going to our spring training trip in Alabama. That's a great event. Um, If anyone's in that area, they pack the landing they have there, and it's really nice to see a lot of spectators out for a rowing event.
2: Last year, it was some adverse conditions you had in Alabama They had a high flow rate because of flooding and everything else. When you look back at that now, maybe hopefully as the melt and everything
4: pans off, how will that affect training as well? At home, uh, it has not been that cold. There is ice on the lake, but it's flowing in most of the areas. So that's really good for us in the next couple of weeks. Maybe we'll be able to get some afternoon water time as we get closer into that Alabama weekend. Or week. For there, I mean, the the nice part is we've kind of figured out the rig to make. To handle those conditions, yep. I think we have a good, I will say, book on it now. So we'll prep ourselves a little bit better to handle a higher flow rate if that's what happens. But you know, they're uh, you know a long tributary waterway, so their flow rate could be nothing one day and then twenty thousand gallons a minute the other one.
2: I know we always close out in these conversations in some capacity with your team giving back to the community. Mm-hmm. It's always a race between you and Lacrosse right now, seemingly for who's going to have the most community service hours, most. Eager Eagle points, cup points as well. Uh, now that you you see Sarah Tisdale on the other side, really giving you a challenge, how much does that then push your team to like, okay, we can we can take them on?
4: I'll say it, it's never been about the Eagle Cup. It's been about that we have amazing athletes who do amazing stuff in the community. The Eagle Cup might be a nice little addition, but uh, and it's one of those things I would love to take credit for. But I don't run our community service. Our athletes run it. They do it. We let them know like it's important to us. But there's only so much we have on our plate, and I can't speak any more highly of them than what they do to volunteer in their time to just make our community better. And if Ypsilanti, Ypsilanti Township succeed, EMU succeeds. It's We feed back on each other. And I think it's so important for us to get out of our you know small area over here and really look at what we give to the community and what we bring in. Um, you know, We host the Special Olympics of Michigan. It's an amazing event at the Boathouse. It's great to be the actual host site for that and kind of hoping to expand that as well as we move forward. Kelp, appreciate your time as always we know we'll talk plenty
2: more as we always have your uh race previews on emu social media i'm looking
4: forward to it Look, trailer talk too. trailer We're talk, to bring trailer, oh, trailer, talk trailer back. talks back this yep year? now that we actually you know travel uh, oh coming out of the it took a dive, but we're, we're committed to trailer talk this year.
0: Awesome. We look forward to plenty of that. There's only one podcast in Washtenaw County that takes you inside the athletic department every single week. The Eastern Insider Podcast, your home for all things Eastern all the time. This has been another edition of the Blue Cross Blue Shield Eastern Insider Podcast powered by Learfield tune in every Monday for new episodes all year long. And don't forget to visit emueagles.com slash podcasts, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, or your home smart device for all of our episodes on demand.